Welcome to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast with me, Sarah Jolly Jarvis. I'm here to share with you real life stories from high performing salespeople and business owners, as well as my own insights and learnings around what's working well right now in the sales world, telling things like it is without the sleeves. So I'm here today to speak to you around the National Sales Conference, which I attended not last week, but the week before. Um, and I've got some key take-homes that I wanted to share with you. And I have the director, the, what would you call yourself? Um, event director. I'm, I'm not a big fan of titles, but if, if I need to have one, then I'll take the event director. Role. Well, I'm here with Steve Lindsay, okay, and he's from Lincoln West, and they run the National Sales Conference. So, um, so I thought, you know, as I'm, as I'm kind of reviewing it, it would be helpful to have Steve there just to <laughs> to give his in his insight. Um, even though, you know, it's a really busy day from his point of view um, of the speakers that we, we saw and, and and heard from. Um, some of which have already bought their books, which you know, oh, fantastic. It's had a positive. Yeah. I know, and I had to message him to be like, "This is you, isn't it?" Um, <laughs> which was um, Richard. So um, <laughs> Richard Newman. Yeah, Richard yeah. Newman. So I was like, and just to check before I go ride by some random person's book. But um, the day was kind of, um, it was a full day event, um, really great opportunities for networking. Um, and it was the, 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 the sort of motivational um, was kind of what I was coming for and a bit of a sense check as to like, what am I saying in my online world and what's the kind of the regular world saying? So it's kind of my dip back into the corporate corporate side of things um the first thing that i wrote down on my notes was the comment you made steve around um, when things get tough get busy okay yes yeah and i was like yeah because that kind of was what happened that's what uh, yeah i mean we, we've had um without wish to get the violin out it's, it's been a bit of a tough tough time if you're an event organizer and um that's certainly for ourselves or a small organization and we were faced with to what you can either just sit still and just wait. I mean, at the time, going back to March 2020, we didn't have a clue how long it was going to be. And in fact, the, we had we had an event planned in June for for London. And when we first went into lockdown in March, we thought, okay, I'll give it a couple of weeks, might blow <laughs> over, see what happens. Um, to so be you, honest, they did position it like that to start with, much, didn't they? I mean, pretty I much. Think it was yeah. Possibly best for our mental health that they did that. But. Yeah. Um, so. Uh, but I mean, obviously, as things literally in a couple of weeks, you kind of realise there was a much bigger um, um, story that was going to unfold uh, moving forward. So for us, it was either a case of just sitting still and just waiting and not being in control of our own destiny. And as an event organiser, if there's no events going on, then the harsh reality is you've got no revenue coming through. Mm-hmm. And with events, the the revenue you get is essentially post-event. Well, that's where you make your money essentially because you invest like a year's worth of marketing, ops, um, collaborations, conversations. It takes a year. It's like building a house really where you just, when the event happens, that's when you kind of get your balance sheet out and you work out whether the event's done well or not. Uh, yeah. And so for us, it was either the case just sitting still and if we just sit still, we know we're not going to be around in 12 yeah. months time. Um, or evolve and we'd never done webinars before so if we get busy tidy up our database keep talking to people be present then we might yeah. give ourselves a fighting chance when things do come back alive again whenever that may be so uh, definitely i mean that was that was kind of our theme and i've, I've spoken about it on the podcast before i know that you know it was there's two types of people there were the people that battened down the hatches and just waited it out 
And then there was the people that were like, you know what, I kind of want to take some sort of control of, of, of what little control I have on this situation yeah, I want to utilise. Definitely. <laughs> and, and, and I thought, I'd rather, I'd, I'd, I'd take a 20% chance over 0% chance. Yeah. So, um, and, and that was the way we positioned it because, and, and we're absolutely worst case scenario, uh, fast forward 6, 12, 18 months, whatever it was going to be at the time because we didn't know. At least we would have known we would have given it our best shot yeah. and there would have been no regrets there so that that was a key i suppose that's a key philosophy which everyone who works within our little old lincoln west team has always always had so we always want to grow and improve and just just put a decent hard working shift in yeah no definitely it's, it's yeah that that's one of my motivators is i don't want to look back and be in a situation yeah. where i can't change what I can't go back and do something different. So if I, at least if I did something, it might be the right thing to do, but it's better than nothing. But, but you're, you're right. But even if, if, you, if you're doing something, you're going in one direction. Um, and if it's the wrong direction you're going in, you find out a lot quicker so you can change direction. Is if you're just staying, if, I mean, it's like if you're going off on a walk. If you go off on a walk, you know which way to go. Okay, yeah, now we've got um, Google Maps and things like that. But since you, you don't yeah. realise you're going in the wrong direction unless you start going that way. Yeah. So... You kind of have to zigzag a little bit to get to the end goal. Get to the anyway, end goal, so. which is pretty much standard for everything, isn't it? Yeah, as as, <laughs> as as long as you're not someone who just takes things for granted. Um, so, um, but yeah, so that that was pretty much our our take from it. And like I said, the last eighteen months has been without question the bit. Well, in fact, twenty months, should I say? It's been the busiest it ever has been in yeah. Lincoln West. Fifteen, sixteen years worth of trading. So. Yeah. busiest but also the certainly the least profitable as well because there was no money coming in <laughs> which just wish to show that busy isn't always no it's not you need to be you need to be smart that's for sure but yeah, um, but yeah we gave ourselves a fighting chance and that's all i could ask for so and you were there and we so, were there and we did it you made it well yeah. done so um first up was richard newman so it kind of goes in chronological order because it's it was it's my highlights yeah. for my notes and um his storytelling was really you know it's really i'm sure i've heard him speak before has he been was he there in 2019 um no it would have been 2018 that's uh, oh, okay. 2018 2019 one of those two, two and, and richard's one of um I've, I've got a lot of time for richard he's a super smart yeah. guy uh, there was a there was a reason why we put him on first because um his energy uh, we, we knew he would end up um getting people in the right frame of mind but a lot a lot a lot of people were coming back into events for um for the first time and i recall jenna actually asked the audience yeah. whether this was like people's first events and it was yeah. like two-thirds of the audience put their hand up so i was delighted that richard kicked things off um like i said richard's we class our speakers as our family because we've got yeah. a very wide um community of speakers within sc and um, no, Richard's a very smart guy, and he gets he gets you thinking because it's a, he, yeah, he, he focuses around it. tone of voice, your body language, yeah. and often it's not the word you use; it's it's, it's how you say it, isn't it? It is, it is, yeah. And, that, and he did a demonstration, didn't he, on the where, where you're going to put the emphasis on the word, and That's that it. you know that in itself. And I was like, yeah. I mean, I've seen that done before, but it was really nice actually as a as a, as a whole. A room full of people and there's so much noise like when we we're in the out the, the the breakout sessions and stuff you know like having coffee and i was like wow people are so noisy when they're on that <laughs> well, you we... don't have that energy you haven't had that energy for so long no and, and you know I, I was i was very confident it was going to be the case i mean typically we'd have uh, in excess of sort of six seven hundred delegates now for, for this year it was 334 i believe that, that came along but because this was the first event back we knew this was going to be our 
hardcore, dare I say, NSC groupies, because these mm. are the people who... No matter what your own personal situation is, then understandably some people were still um, um, shielding or maybe weren't quite comfortable coming back into in-person events, which was completely understandable. Whereas the people we knew that registered for 2021 had either been rolled over from 2020 or yeah. they'd bought new tickets this year. So if they bought new tickets, they were very comfortable with being back yeah. In yeah. person, so yeah, it was definitely going to be our, our hardcore group of attendees yeah. this year, that's for sure. And, and it, it was pretty, we had, it was it was eighty seven percent attendance rate, which is in line with what we would have pre pandemic. We had between ten and thirteen percent no shows. So th- okay. this year, even though we're still at sort of the tail end of the mm-hmm. pandemic, we had eighty seven percent attendance rate of registration. So delighted. It was it was it was just nice to have that energy and and I, yeah to to kind of get everyone. I suppose the thing is is that you, you kind of begin to think oh well, you know is the value in doing the in person or can I just take stuff online? Can I just look at, look at the, up these people or whatever? But to be there and the energy in the room, it was definitely. I, I think I think the timing worked quite because certainly at the beginning of the pandemic there was a there's a lot of information that you can take online and obviously a lot of people started mm-hmm. delivering webinars, masterclasses, as well as yeah. attending the online content. Now, it gets to a point where there's only so much screen time you, yeah. you can face and you kind of need to balance things out. So I think timing-wise, people were ready um, to get yeah. back in person. Yeah. So Definitely. It was, re- it was really good. And he talked around, you know, stipulating the challenge and then talking through the journey and then the steps to actually make that happen. And I've come across that in, and we, we use it in our marketing. Um, but not so much in my sales. I've used metaphors and I've had go-to metaphors and phrases that I've used as part of my sort of sales toolkit, but I've never I've never kind of thought around using storytelling into so much of a level. Um, when I wrote my book, they got me to do sort of an open loop and then talk through main content and then close it with what happened in that scenario, in that story. But again, it's a book. You know, like my expectation is it's written. If it's written, I can do stories. But <laughs> actually bringing stories into into sales pitches and sales conversations, I was like, I can totally see how that works and I should definitely do more of it. Well, and I think... It's emotional though, isn't it? I mean, we, we can all relate back to whether, whether you want to take it this deep or not. As When we were kids, we were always... Um, fixed on the hero or the villain yeah. there was always normally there was always a happier a happier after but we're, we're built we grew up on on, on stories and, yeah. and i think that hasn't really changed it's no different when you're yeah. um when you're working with a prospect or a client it's no different to being in the in the playground and that prospect could actually be a potential new friend yeah. well you've got your best friend there that's actually account management because you're actually as 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 whole as cold and harsh it sounds essentially you, you have to manage a relationship with your best friend, yeah. which is technically account management. So all the skills that we have that we picked yeah. up is just taken yeah. from school playgrounds. It's maybe using them, isn't yeah, it? Exactly. Yeah. Dating in the bar or whatever it may be. Essentially, it's exactly the same thing because our brains think in the same way. It's just yeah. whether people put blockers up because you're now going from a, a personal, social, leisure environment yeah. to a corporate b2b environment and the thing is is everyone you know i've seen i've been there i've been training people where we've gone into sales calls and they've been really casually chatting build up great rapport and then they go right then and it's like <laughs> they switch the customer switches you know like, yeah. you're like wow if you just, just carry going. exactly 
it's all the same wires which is going on inside of our, our heads and emotions it's, it's the same triggers that we have yeah it's, it's, it's just yeah and the thing is is you're problem solving you problem solve for, for friends you know you're, it's a relationship and, and it's yeah it's amazing how but people do they they kind of go in and they're kind of like relaxed and now I'm relaxed and then yeah. it's like right now I'm switching and it's like actually if you can make that transition just part of the conversation it's a lot definitely yeah. I mean to think about you, no, no, no one likes that friend that you don't you don't hear from for um, for, for, for 12 friend. yeah exactly like, you know, there's, there's some friends you don't hear from for like 12 months and then when they want something they uh, they appear again and that's no different to a, a, a contractor or a supplier where there's no engagement at all but when it comes around to the contract renewal bang they want something from you they want an autograph they want a PO handed over it's exactly it's, for lunch there you go <laughs> and, but you, you kind of know do you know what this this is this is not the kind of relation this no. it's a very sort of transactional relationship and it's, it's no different it's no different yeah. That's great. I, I always talk around them, good time friends and it being like it's like cats you know and like <laughs> it's like when the contract comes around for, for renewal it's like the cat it's dinner time yeah like, oh, exactly. you can feed me yeah. then I'm going to go down the street to that really nice person who lets me sit on their lap exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so and, then, and then Jim was talking around so Jim Steele he was yeah. talking around gestures and stuff and that that was again I really like it when I'm learning stuff that it makes sense and it builds on what you might already know so you're like you have little light bulb moments but they're not totally left field it's like oh yeah i kind of that makes sense that it's more calculated than you think and it makes sense that that would feed in but like you know the, the whole smiling thing i was like, i'm definitely trying that if that can make me not there's there was there's data on and that's what i really like was he's quite data-led in his information yes and so he was talking around how um, if you smile, then you're you're, you're like fourteen percent more likely to be considered to be like. Um, but again, that's, I mean, it's, it, it's true though, isn't master, it? Isn't it? But yeah, it's, I mean, you can, again, you can relate that back to to growing up, or you're not going to want to go and introduce yourself to the miserable person in the corner. You you want to go and hang out with the person who's making other people smile and laugh and be happy. It's like you're just as humans, we're just naturally um, yeah. drawn to that. And um, as you said, it, it was something that you was already aware of. And, and that's always been the main purpose of the NSC. NSC, National Sales Conference, is not there to to fix all of your sales, revenue, customer success problems. It's there to give you little sound bites and, remind, and reminders, importantly. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of the things you already knew, but maybe you've forgotten about. And so yeah. it's just a, a reminder of those important things that you need to bring back into your day-to-day um, -day, um, yeah. account management. Definitely. And I think that's the thing is, is it's kind of, it can, can kind of reset the standard and it kind of helps you to, to, to get back in touch with things like, yeah, you do get lazy with, um, you know, if you work on your own, if you're the only salesperson in your organization, that's really, you know, who keeps you accountable? Um, you know, you can, you can do recordings of your own calls and then you can listen back to them on your own. Um, but, you know, again, it's, it's well, okay, this is, I'm, I'm measuring myself to my own standard. And if you don't keep increasing that standard, you're not increasing that bar. Um, and but the gestures thing, and I was like, I yeah, I was like, that's really clever, and the whole hands up stuff. And I was like, I'm just definitely gonna. Absolutely. No, no, obviously the, the speaks we had, obviously touched upon Richard, obviously Jim still. I mean, that, those those guys, and obviously the other speaks we had, they they could do one, two days, weeks. They, there's so much content they've got yeah. there, but they're really they're it. really there just to kind of get the the brain juices ticking over and just re reminding yourself where you were, where you want to be. 
Um, plus also well, you've got a mix of content like that and also the great thing you've got people sitting next to you that are having the same thoughts and feelings mm -hmm. as well and you can bounce mm -hmm. your ideas off of them so it's very I mean I have to tie the speakers down I, I said right you're only doing 30 minutes because <laughs> they've got some they're such smart individuals and they could talk for um, yeah. for hours but um, the key thing really is just get those takeaways tips away just to get people yeah. thinking so it's down to you the attendee yeah. to adapt it and and put it into your um into your, your schedule world, yeah it? exactly yeah. yeah i think that's the thing is is it's you're always looking at snippets i'm a massive fan of with mentoring and it's like you know mentors should have mentors and it's like well who's helping you you know keep keep growing keep developing and we've got a, a guy that we work with in the states and you know he's quite expensive i was to work him out by the hour um i'd need to sit down and um but sometimes we're not even on we have a call with him every fortnight and we're not always on the call for the, that that hour because he's busy, we're busy. Um, for us, it's evening as well. So we're like, you know, we, we talk to him about what we need to talk to him about and he gives us the answers. And then, you know, we go away and we use that information. That information is invaluable. We don't want him to deliver it over, you know, if it takes, if he can deliver in 15 minutes, the same lot of information as he can in an hour, give us the 15 minutes and then give us the 45 minutes to go away and actually do something with it. And I think that's the thing is, is it's those snippets which are going to make the difference. Absolutely. And um, that and your mentor doesn't know your customer base as well as you know your customer base. No. So they're there to kind of just give you those ideas, suggestions, and you mm. then adapt it accordingly. So Exactly, exactly. I'm, I'm always like with my clients, I'm always like, well, you know, you bring your knowledge of your market and I bring my knowledge of sales and marketing and then together... <laughs> It's like, you know, if I if I know all about your product, um, but nothing about sales and marketing, that would be a bit of a problem. And so everyone's always like, does this work in my industry? And I'm like, well, you know, is your product good? If your product's good, if your service is good, then that's the basis that we work from. Yeah. It's, it's, it's when you get a terrible product, like you're a bit, that's awkward. Um, so, and Jenna, Jenna was great. She was really good. So she did the overall kind of comparing, but she also did her own talk on um, talking to strangers and I think for me, um, that was that where I where I thought actually she's talking around attracting your ideal client and attracting your your ideal audience, and um, which is what I talk around, and it's kind of in the same. She was saying it in the same sort of just a different direction, um, and I, I really enjoyed that because for me it was a nice little sense check that I'm not just warbling on in my own little bubble. <laughs> I'm like no. this matters to other people. <laughs> it does. <laughs> And, and, and Jenna was Jenna was fabulous. It was the first time we'd worked with Jenna in person, but we'd know Jenna had actually she hosted our virtual events in oh, in yeah. 2020, and she was amazing then. So, with with a, with a live in person audience, we knew that it was going to be um, yeah very well orchestrated, which which it was. And obviously, Je Jenna's background is in broadcast journalism, so mm. she's smart. She knows how to connect the um, connect the content as well, and. So that for us, Jenna was perfect because we had yeah. we had some fantastic speakers there, all their own little nuggets of information, yeah. and we needed someone to knit it all together. And that's what Jenna did. Yeah. did. I really yeah, liked her. Absolutely. I, yeah. I think the the other event that so 2019 that I went to, um, I, I yeah, Jenna was. I was like, oh, I really really like this one. Can I have this one again? <laughs> <laughs> that's it. So we've we, been very fortunate. It was. I was it was, yeah, it was last year, 2020 for Jenna. I think actually Jim Steele, he was our host in 2019. I thought it was a lady. Was it not a lady on the first day? Um, I think that was, that would might have been... Um, really cool Pen trainer. Oh, oh, no, that would be Penny. Penny Haslam. Yes. There you go. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there we yeah. go. <laughs>
But no, I really like I really like Jenna. I thought she was really really good. And then um, Peter Peter Docker Docker. That's right. Yeah. Isn't it? So he was talking about the jump seat. So he's written a book as well. I haven't I haven't I haven't I haven't stalked him for his book yet. Um, but I did make a note of it. But he he was talking around warehouses of opportunity, and it's like actually figuring out one solution and and having and working as a team to 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 come up with a solution for something and that feeling that nurturing of that sense of belonging and I think that really resonated with me and was something that I felt I needed to up on my sort of priority list as far as like teams concerned and like we've got members in our team Martin and I are really um if you've done the disc analysis uh yes a while ago though we're really high D. Okay. Um, I'm just D. Like, <laughs> there's no point diverging. I'm just the D. Whereas Martin's more towards DI, but he's more extreme than me. Whereas yeah. I'll I'll adapt and give a little. Okay. Um, <laughs> and um, and so, but we're conscious that some of the guys in the team are more um, eyes. They're more sort of innovators going around to supporting. Yeah. Um, which obviously we're like. You might as well be speaking a foreign language to it. Like, <laughs> what on earth? You need to do what? You need to think. Yeah. Um, and I think for me, you know, those guys who are more supportive um, and, and around to sort of that area of this, they are more um, team collaboration, that sense of belonging. And I think I really like being part of a team, um, partly because I don't, I don't want to be like, oh yeah, it's, it's all me. Yeah. It's like it's a team effort, guys. It's a exactly. team effort. Um, and, that's and I think it into the team more. But it that really resonated with me was helping nurture that absolutely and obviously uh, uh, Peter was obviously referring back to his, his military um, yeah. background there which I'm, I, I can't possibly imagine the, the type of pressure that you're under the communication skills that you need the understanding of what's going through people's minds uh, and that, that it was it was very intentional where we had very much um, high energy with Richard and then Jim and then obviously going into Peter and, and obviously Peter's content was very Considers it was very very thought provoking. Yeah. So it was um, no, it was it was it was a deliberate contrast that we put in there. It was it was re- and, and there was a quite a flying theme which was really interesting because Mandy when we she did, got up late yeah. and was like, for those of you which were wondering what it's like, and I thought I'm not I'm not wondering what it's like. <laughs> I can't think of much worse as a job. I can't. Yeah. Oh my word, flying petrifies me. Peter the helicopter and then obviously Mandy the fighter jet. So it was very much a. <laughs> Um, yeah, it was a fast-paced like, wow. thing. That's for sure. <laughs> I was like, "You lot are a lot braver than I." <laughs> but then Kate was really good because Kate start really pulled in the mindset. Mm. And then Mandy, to be fair, she polished that mindset element off as well with what she was talking around. But like Kate talking around teamworking and and it was. Have you read the book from Bill Beswick? I haven't. No. Oh, you should. Okay. Um, <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like some book recommending machine <laughs> at the moment um, because. Um, Bill Beswick did the so he it's all the high performance like um, sports people and he talks around just changing your mindset on the situation okay. and his actually his book resonated I kind of in Kate's talk like pretty much directly but also with Mandy when she was like well women weren't allowed to do that when I first joined and then they kind of set me up to see how far I could get as a sort of a fail and um and I thought and then she brought in the sort of like that which didn't help with my sort of um imposter syndrome and I was like because I've just finished the imposter cure have you read that one Uh, yes I have yeah that one I love and um and I was like wow it's like there was just all these different themes coming together because those two books I've read in the last like six months and so I was like this is really strange like you've got this sort of concentration of these messages again um which was it was really good and I think you know mindset is is so I wish that 
somebody told me when I was in my 20s, uh, <laughs> early 20s, any point really. I'm sure we were told a lot of things in our 20s, it's whether we were actually going to digest it and put it into, <laughs> put it into practice. <laughs> I don't know, I think at the time I'd have been like, it'd have been so left field, I'd have definitely remembered it. Okay, um, yeah. <laughs> but the whole mindset thing is really, and it's, I think it's come to the fore more in the population itself, hasn't it? It's not just in, in sales and business. Um, but the you know what Kate was saying around the, the teamwork and having your head in the right place and and having your process for getting your head in the right place kind of sent another message to me over appreciating yeah. everyone's differences. Uh, absolutely, and I, th- I think one of, the, one of the key messages which Kate came across obviously that they're, they're in a team which was a it was a successful team, but it wasn't it wasn't until they actually achieve what they achieved it was they, they were doing okay yeah. like they, they, were, well, they, they started were good. off not doing very yeah, well all, so um but it was it was just breaking it breaking it down so every decision that kate was making is like, okay would, would a gold they wanted to become gold medalists so whether it was a decision based around nutrition or time she went to bed or whatever it may be she was always asking herself the question yeah. would a gold medalist do this yeah because we get distracted all the time now whether it's distraction because we're tired we're bored or there's friends or family trying to take us in a different direction but we just need to have that that reality check is where, yeah. where do I want to go what do I need to be asking myself to ensure I get to that place and it, for her it was would a gold medalist do this yeah. when you when you dive into that big plate of chocolate cake and that's, <laughs> <laughs> something a gold medalist would do you know why I had the pudding last night <laughs> <laughs> there we go it's true though, and because I remember them, um, Tom Daly a few years ago, they were interviewing him, and he was like, and the Olympics were like, well, I think they were like two years off, and then actually they got postponed, and they, yeah. but he was like, oh yeah, I won't be drinking, and I might have some pizza, but I'll still be going to bed early because I've got the Olympics. <laughs> it was like in like two years, mate. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> and it is. It's like They've got that to. discipline yeah. every day. Absolutely, because they know their com- their, their competitions can be doing exactly the same thing. Yeah. 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 It's amazing. I find it amazing. It's that that's that. Yeah, the how how driven they are and how focused they are, is yeah. It, it's I find that really inspiring. Uh, I I really enjoyed that the um, the the panel that you had. Um, yeah, I was. I mean, that was, um, I was. I was really looking forward to that 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 panel. I'm not, I've always like, like for me, uh, mindset's really important to me, and mm-hmm. I, I I use going out for runs or bike rides or my physical activities kind of counterbalance my, my business. I'm always quite intrigued. I'm never going to look into nutrition as deep as some of these other people do, but, but there are certain hacks that you can pick up on. And to have a high-performance panel, it's like, okay, well, I want to bring together yeah. some from business, some from sport, some from military, and we can just I don't know, just, just bounce some ideas off off each other. So, yeah, um, yeah and I, I was delighted to bring that panel together of, of Kate, Mandy, and obviously Phil Jones from Brother. Yeah. Yeah, it, it was really good just to, as you say, it was the different takes from the different backgrounds, but actually yeah. the same themes emerged. So you weren't getting one saying one thing and one saying an extreme of the other. They they were they were just coming at it from a slightly different angle. Um, but I, I really enjoyed that. It's just, it's nice to have that different perspective because you almost feel like you're part of the conversation, um, which is, you know, it's really nice to have. Yeah. Um, particularly you know from a from a smaller organization um where you don't <laughs> but they, they all, everyone starts from somewhere 
don't they? Yeah. And, and you may be a small organisation, but you could be extremely big in the sector that you're that you're working yeah. within. So it's, and that's it's all it. There's a lot of lean organisations online where you have got a lot. You have a core team, and then you have, you know, everybody who's kind of feeding in um, with their different specialities. But it's kind of it's nice. It can be quite lonely, um, even in that environment. Let alone being the one person who heads up that in that environment. Yeah, it can absolutely. Be, people it are always like, oh, it's lonely at the top. Yeah. And it's like, well, yeah, <laughs> there's only so much in like referring you can do. To Definitely, and I think that's, I mean, that's where the, uh, the the beauty of networking comes in. Oh. Not this, not necessarily our our event, but in in any walks of life, whether whether you're working with suppliers or other customers, you need to learn off one another. And yeah. there's so many things you can learn. You may be working in IT, but there's there's certainly probably a lot of things you could learn from someone in the food and drink sector or someone in the manufacturing sector, because yeah. essentially you are. Can be leading teams you are still dealing with prospects you are still looking at um improving processes and yeah. by if you always what they say if you always do what you've done you always get what you've had yeah. so you yeah. always you've got to mix things up a little bit with a view that it might not work out but on that journey of it not working out you've discovered something else that you wouldn't have known mm. if you just kept on ticking along before you've definitely learned and i think that's the thing and the beauty of talking to people i'm regularly saying to clients well this client that i'm working with in this industry who's a totally different industry i'm like they're doing this and it's like oh but it's not that that's never been done in our industry and i was talking to somebody the other day and she was like oh really the industry needs to look at charging for outcome rather than by the hour and i was just like do you want to take i'm totally with you but do you want to take on that battle yeah. <laughs> like do you want to forge that new way of working or shall we? Because that's the thing is, is I, I remember younger me would have been very much like, you know, this isn't right. And this is what they should be doing instead. Yeah. So I'm going to put all my energy into this. And and actually, like I've learned and, and, I, and I was passing it on to, to my client. I was like, that's not your not your battle to have. I was like, when the industry has woken up to that, yeah. I'd be like straight back in there talking about your stuff. But in the meantime, I think, you know, if the path of least resistance is probably preferable. <laughs> But sometimes, you know, it is worth that. And it's actually some of those little tweaks that it wouldn't actually be so ground changing, but it's just coming at it from a from a different angle. Definitely. And I think a great example that you start looking at the like the, the finance sector or the banking sector. Mm. I mean, I mean, that is one sector that definitely needs an overhaul in terms of how it's um, how it approaches customer service. Um, <laughs> oh, yeah. I mean, we, we, we could be here for another hour, right two the... hours if we start oh, tapping into customers. Um, <laughs> but again, it's just something which is ingrained within that sector. This is yeah. this is why we've always done things. So yeah. the fact that they're supposed to be, I thought, I'm not going to quote names, but that they're in place to support you as an individual saver <laughs> or as a business manager, but their open hours don't really they don't, align they with don't that. share a part of your name, do they? <laughs> no, I'm not. Um, but uh, but also, I mean, how, how, like when you call up a bank, how how, how many um, customers generally want to listen to a automated telephone visit? Them saying that actually this is a good thing because um, we're providing the answers for you in advance. It's like no, people just want to talk to an individual, which is why Metro Bank did really well when they first came in because they completely tore up what was expected uh, of the banking sector. They had different opening times. Um, I mean, that they even I think the the MD of uh, of Metro Bank has, um, took took his little dog everywhere. So they actually used to have like dog biscuits and things like that in all the metros. They just completely changed what the background of what a banking a bank sector should be doing. Banks love it. Yeah. Well, it, we 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 switched. Um, it was during the pandemic actually. We switched totally from that West who we've been with forever. 
um, to Starling. Okay. Um, and and the, the, the straw that broke the camel's back was we had one company with Starling, one with NatWest. We tried to change the address, which was no fault of our own. The accountants had changed their registered address, which meant we had to change our registered address. Yeah. And NatWest were telling us to go in branch yeah. after ringing them and talking to them and wasting half my life. And yeah. Starling were just like, can you send this and this? And then you Done. sent it and that was it. And yeah. that, was, that was it done. And it, and it was just so, I was like, it's running to their process rather than your process. And, and, and actually, yeah, it's like, well, your process is outdated and frustrating and, I'm, and you're making me follow those steps. And then this can clearly be done because these guys are doing it. And I found that that was, yeah, amazing. And, and to be fair, Starling, I have an issue. I go on the chat, um, they respond. Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Really, really, I find it really, really good. But, um, yeah, it's um, um, yeah, it's not me on Apologies. But actually, it was really interesting because I have um, I have a friend who's a barrister, and she was saying how the legal profession they're doing so much more online than what they were. Hallelujah! So, <laughs> I mean, <laughs> that's 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 the next sector I was going to start hammering into. I mean, because they, they well, they, 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 everything had to be handwritten, didn't it? You had to have everything, whereas. It, it was kind of suited them because it then whacks an extra couple of hours on their their, their their billing charges that you touched upon before about what they should be charged on on the outcome oh, as yeah. opposed to the hour. I mean, that's, that's the legal sector. And again, that's another quite old sector which yeah, really old needs, needs to evolve. Yeah, but there's little whippersnappers. We, we know quite a few now who are sort of coming through who are okay. going, actually, it doesn't need to take that long. Yeah. Um, which I'm, I'm sure they're not invited to the boys' club. <laughs> not yet. But, um... <laughs> They've been struck off quite a few Christmas card lists. But it kind of does, uh, yeah, it's yeah. going to happen. Definitely, definitely. Well, I think, you know, from my point of view, just kind of summarise what I, I took away was definitely um, maximising my communication. So, you know, I talk a lot around it's expensive to get in front of your ideal customer. It's mo making the most of that when you do. And I think with the, the body language stuff, with the storytelling stuff, um, with thinking around where you're coming from in the first place and being basically just more calculated around it um, and conscious. Um, that that was one massive takeaway. And then obviously mindset for me was just huge um, with Mandy and Kate and, and some of the other guys who, you know, if, they might, if their presentation wasn't about that, it still touched on it. Um, it kind of made me think, you know, actually, yeah, the biggest investment you can make is in is in your own from a from a small business owner's point of view on your own performance can is, is your mindset absolutely and, and you, you look at it from a um from a large organization as well i mean that's the beauty of national sales conference we have literally a third of our attendees are from smes a third are from large companies and a third are from enterprise and you start looking at those larger enterprises now those departments are like small companies. So when you've got when you've got a, a yeah. department within an enterprise company, they are technically like a, like an SME. Yeah. So yeah. You, you need to have that mind. You need to be investing in yourself because so you can then actually invest in your people as well. Well, even when I remember in sales when I had a territory and they were like, "This is like your mini business." Yeah. And the amount of salespeople I knew who they they were in sales and they had like a, a business on the side. Um, Let's not go there. Um, and oh, they had, you know, they, they went in and they went on to, to do entrepreneurial stuff because it is like, you know, you're, you're, you're self starting, you are managing that area just like it is your own business. Exactly. Um, so. and, and how amazing would that be, whether you're a business owner or you're a, a head of sales or, or, or a team leader, if you've got the people in your team viewing their territory, their customer base as it was a business? 
But yeah. you, you couldn't want anything more from, yeah. from, from your team because they're, they're taking all things into account. They're not there for the, the short-term wins. Yeah. They're building for the future. They're making sure there's a good foundation there. And that's the mentality you'd love to have from your, yeah. from your colleagues and, and your and team. And the sort of self-evaluation as well of, of being Definitely. like, you know, where am I, where do I want to go, what impact have I been having? Yeah. Um, yeah, it is. Yeah. Yeah. See, I was all right. I was good. <laughs> I was a good employee. I wasn't too bad after all. <laughs> but it was a real good, it was a real good mentality to have. And yeah, you know, it, it really stuck with the team. Um, and I think a little bit like the, what would a gold medalist do? It's like, well, actually, if this was my business, what would I be doing? Absolutely. Yeah. Definitely. Yeah. Well, it's been really great to speak to you. Oh, lovely. Well, to, I'd love to chat again, Sarah. It's, um, no, no, thank you so much for joining us at the National Sales Conference. So. You are welcome. If somebody wants to find out more information about you, what can they do? Where can they go? Um, they, they can go to the website, which is um, nsconference.co.uk. Um, by all means, find me on LinkedIn, Steve Lindsay. Um, mm-hmm. We're going to be back November next year. Again, yeah. we're, we're CPD accredited. We're going to be putting the, the lineup together um, in the new year, but it's going to have the same high level of speakers we've had before. There's going to be loads of networking opportunities. Um, and we're hoping, we're planning to be back bigger than ever. So. Than ever. That is brilliant. And the thing is, guys, with the CPD side of things, was, and I remember it being my reservation when I was originally looking at coming to the conference, was the online world is full of conferences where there's lots of pitching and people pay yeah. to be on the stage or they are um you know or they're, they're looking to to maximize the, the sales that they make from the stage and i was like i remember speaking to one of your colleagues going so you're telling me that this is a sales conference and yet they don't sell from the stage <laughs> and he was going i appreciate the irony yeah, but yeah. it's all about value and yeah. the thing is is that actually it is all about value there isn't yes i've seeked out but at no point did anybody push any of their stuff um, they just push their value and off the back of pushing that value and demonstrating what can be done you, you obviously want more um which is really great yeah um, it, it, it is something we, I mean, we've we've had that belief since since we launched in 2014 um there are a lot of sales events out there um they generally don't last more than two editions because they typically have that approach where they're more loaded towards what the sponsor wants since it's a sponsor-led event and it's a bit of pitch fest um we're the great thing we, we've got some amazing partners like for example um, like showpad salesforce and they bind they've got some great they've got great kits they've got great products but they don't they don't come to our events i mean okay yes they meet a lot of their customers already there but actually they use it because they want to align themselves with an event which is big on professional development in actual fact mm-hmm. most of our sponsors use it to bring to bring their customers along to so instead yeah. of taking them on a race day or a golf day, they actually bring their customers mm-hmm. to NSC because the viewpoint is if their customers are selling and doing well, then actually mm-hmm. they're doing well. So it's, a, it's, oh, a very, it's, it's very different to perhaps a show and tell trade show, which is a free to attend event. And as you said, you get loads of sponsors on main stage doing this, this call and keynote for the for, for the sake <laughs> But, well, why didn't you use the quote? Yeah, I know. I, I, I to buy it. it's, it's, it's frustrating, but it's um, until you've actually experienced national sales conference, um, you, you don't. It's very difficult to um, um, to align it with some of these other sales yeah. events, which are uh, which are out there. So they, um, they kind of do you a disjustice, really, don't they? So, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I was I was very relieved when I went the first year, and then it is you know from a selling without sleeves point of view, yeah. it is like the epitome, which I was really grateful for. <laughs> <laughs> good. Well, I mean, it's, I mean, and those values, we're not going to change. We, we've got a very unique offering. We've got a fantastic family of, of speakers and content providers and likewise a family of, of attendees as well, which yeah. literally year on year, 
bring their suppliers and their customers along each year. So it's until you get a chance to experience um, NSC, it's, it can be easy to just pigeonhole it into another sales event simply because we've got sales in the title. In fact, we've had quite a few people tell us we should drop, drop the word sales because actually it's, whether it's, whether it's more of a, um, a motivational event or whether it's more of a professional development event, it just so happens that our attendees are in a sales role. So. I think from my point of view though, I, I, I find it sad that people they want to distance themselves like you know it's like you're a sales representative that was what the title was originally and now you have all these diverse and weird and wonderful ways of saying it because no one wants to say you know what i'm a sales you should be proud yeah it's it's not unfortunately there is still an element of it being a dirty word um but and there's a lot of people you you engage with and you say oh no i'm not i'm not in sales and when you ask okay what do you do well i'm an account manager it's like well yeah, you're in sales, or, uh, or 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 their customer success. It's like, well, actually, you are because that's that's customer retention, which still has a number at the end of it. Now, yeah, exactly. e- even if you're even if you're in marketing, you still have to sell an idea to the yeah. FD. So all the, all the skills which which we champion and that we uh, we advocate and the value is important to us. That's what you'll find at National Sales Conference. So Excellent. thank you so much for coming, Sarah. <laughs> you are welcome. Thank you, Steve. Thanks for listening to the Selling Without Sleeves podcast. If you enjoyed this episode, please head over to iTunes or Stitcher or wherever you're listening from to leave us a review. It's a good way for us to know what you like so we can create more of it.